Welcome to the Tour Talk Golf Podcast, where we walk the walk. Now let's talk the talk. I'm your co-host, Sean McBride. Together with my wife, Maria, we share our Inside the Ropes experience from all the major golf tours, another podcast in 2023. Welcome, Maria. Thank you very much. Yeah, we got number two of season two today. So that's uh, kind of exciting. Um, We have just had our well, I had my little goodbye to my dad who was here visiting with his partner. They uh, left on Saturday and unfortunately with a huge uh, storm in Iceland, they threw to Iceland. They were stuck in Iceland for another night. Uh, so I had to stay overnight there and didn't get back to Sweden until um, today. And they still don't have their luggage, but hopefully that will show up um tomorrow but it was good to have them around it was and they really took advantage of being over here and coming from the cold harsh swedish winters and being here and all of a sudden being able to ride around on the electric bikes and haven't they been a hit i mean (laughs) the two electric bikes from uh electric um, yeah little sponsorship um Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Little electric bikes, and they have been burning around those uh, in Orlando for all the time they were here. So yeah, now they're heading back perfect. to the cabin fever of Sweden. But it was a great mm-hmm. trip mm-hmm. for them, and it's always great time to catch. It's always a great time to catch up with them. Yeah. But, uh, whilst yep. they were here, they also had the opportunity to join you. Uh, we did this a bit individually, but we ended up spending an accumulative amount of time at the first LPGA event at Lake Nona. And when we were out there, or you were out there with your mum and dad, what was your experience of the first event of the LPGA season 2023? Yeah, so that was the Hilton Tournament of Champions. Um, and obviously, it's a limited field. Uh, it's only the tournament winners from the last two years. Um, so, so most of them were there, but it was a field of 26. And it was uh, uh, combined with celebrities. So you had one pro and two celebrities play in the same group. Uh, and they teed off from 2T, so pretty compact field. But it was, uh, you know, it was fun to see uh, the girls coming back again. Um, and for me, catching up with, with some of the girls that I've uh, kind of gotten to know, uh, placing the played a few events last year, and also through Solheim Cup, um, getting to know some of the girls that are out there and had, you know, good wins. Um, uh, Leona Maguire, I spoke to her quite a bit, and uh, Maya Stark, the Swedish girl that has, she had an amazing 2022 and obviously started off this week with a tied for second. Mm. So she is uh, on a run, she's playing great and having a lot of confidence. Um, and yeah. you were out there too yeah. for a few days. Yes, I was. And I seen uh, those two girls you talked about, plus Charlie Hull and her caddy. And yeah. of course, for, for somebody like yourself who's going to be involved in Solheim Cup this year, we talked about that last week with uh, Suzanne Pedersen being the captain over in Spain. Um, even though Brooke Henderson being Canadian and did win the golf tournament pretty comfortably wire to wire, you know, right on her tail were those three players, basically. Yeah. Leona, yep. Leona Maguire, Maya Stark and Charlie mm, Holt. Charlie, yes, exactly. So uh, Suzanne would be quite happy seeing that form early on in the year. Mm. Um, it's always interesting seeing the first event of the year. You might have a runaway, a runaway, a runaway winner <laughs> like Brooke Henderson or Jess, uh, Jess Corder. Nellie Corder. Nellie Corder. Yeah. Uh, although I'm sure pretty much if Jess did play in the field, she would have been up there as well. Mm. You know, those g- girls, sort of the cream of the crop, they sort of play well week in and week out, no matter where they start their year. Yeah. And then you have the players right on their tail that we've just mentioned. But of course, 
you do seem to get the opposite end. And I felt like when I was out there having a little smooze around, um, two players that took my attention that I felt like their career trajectory was really high at one particular point, and then they come out and they're well off the pace scoring-wise, and that was Araya Jatanagan and mm. Paddy Tada Vanekat. I think I'm going to say that oh, wrong, yeah, um, but I'll have a go. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, watch both of these girls. They're going through some form issues at the moment. You never know what's going on behind the scenes there, why they're so far off the pace um, scoring-wise. But it is always interesting seeing the contrast between the players coming out and just playing really well and then two basically former number ones, major champions, really struggling around there for four days. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, obviously they have earned their spot in the field because they have won within the last two years. Multiple times. Yeah, multiple times. And it's, um, well, sometimes you can you can come out as a player and be really, really ready and just have it straight from the start. Um, some players might also be going through some changes. Um, sometimes you wonder why would they go through changes when they've had a win, but there might be some reason reasons for going through changes. And sometimes you just have to go out in the tournament and try what you're trying to change. But also sometimes you might not have the, the eager and the drive and the grip that you need um, in a tournament. You might just, you know, be off that week. You might just not be all into it. And it's very, very easy to drop shots if you're not on the ball and be, be ready to go, really. Yes, I took a, a good friend of mine out there to have a look around. I struggled to do that because it's like going, it's like the average person going back to work on their day off. It's like, gee, I don't really want to be here uh, to show him around the golf course and show him the players and give him all the insight. But he's a close friend of mine and I still enjoyed seeing it from his perspective, the spectator perspective, um, as much as it was a little bit drawn out because it was quite slow, uh, really only seeing one professional to each group. Yeah. Um, so he kind of sees it from the spectator point of view. He sees uh, those two girls I talked about and looks at the individual scores and they're, they, you know, they're having two or three double bogeys, even triple bogeys a day. And he said, oh, that's okay. That's the first event of the year. But from experience, and you've been down this path before, both of those girls are probably not, one of them is not even hitting the driver, and right. the other girl is hitting the driver off the planet. Mm. Um, you had your driver issues uh, back in the day. Yeah. It just eats away your confidence when you start racking up those double bogeys and triple bogeys pretty early in the year. It does. I think it eats your confidence whenever that happens, but especially early in the year because you have had a bit of a break. You, I'm sure both of them have worked on their issues and you just want to go out and just have a nice feel to it. And then all of a sudden you just lose it straight from the start in the first event. Mm. Um, you know, is, is, is it then do you start searching even more? Or do you just try to go back to basics and try to find something um, and play, you know, as as good as you can with what you have? It's it's a it's a hard balance to to find out. Yeah, from a coaching point of view, I think um, in my experience with yourself and then seeing other players go through it when I was on the tour caddying, um, 
Generally, the default, particularly in modern day teaching, is to continually look at the golf swing and not necessarily look at the holistic side of what's going on with the player's life. Is there sort of imbalance off the golf course, which has contributed to this? Because uh, what happens is these girls go and play, and guys, but the girls go and play, uh, they spray the driver around, they shoot a, a big score that doesn't really reflect their ability, they come on the driving range, and the same friend of mine uh, who's seen this player hit two or three drives you know, sideways, then sees the player come off the golf course, have lunch, go to the driving range and hit the driver perfect and they can't understand why. And I said, well, there's one difference. There's no scorecard in the pocket on the driving range and the expectations are low. So the golf golf swing looks the same but the rhythm and tension is completely different. And Mm. I think if you're a really intuitive golf coach, you have to stick to making sure that the player's muscle tension is the priority, not necessarily the positions of the golf swing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's a lot of things that goes on uh, outside of the golf course that a lot of viewers um, don't see. So I think that's very important for coaches or your mentor or whatever you're working with to make sure that they have that in check as well. Because it's not always about the technique. It's not always about the technique. No. uh, Sometimes it's about when we go to these events and we're going to spend more and more, have a bit more presence on the LPGA this year. But, of course, it's always good to catch up with familiar faces. One of those, good friend of ours um, and a major champion, uh, Karen Stupples, who's also a fantastic commentator for the Golf Channel. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Caught up with her a lot and she's always Mm -hmm. great to, um, you know, have a great view on the game she's always she's got a great great voice about um all things modern day golf also she knows her golf history really well yeah she knows i mean all the players she knows what's going on out there because obviously she's out there for um, for every tournament yes and not only is she out there but of course her partner in jerry fault is one of the main commentators on the live golf tour and of course karen gave us a little bit of uh feedback there when we asked her how jerry is faring out in the live golf tour and she said they're just about to make a really good announcement regarding a tv deal and lo and behold less than 24 hours later um yeah. you read a little story there that live golf tour has signed a contract with cw not to be confused with c and the cartoon <laughs> network cw never heard of it uh did see a lot of social media posts that it's going to interrupt with uh their shows like uh prince of bel-air <laughs> And other things, but uh, a deal yeah. is a deal, and the goal, uh, the golf channel. No, be... but I think the live tour will, um, you know, I think they will grow viewers with this. Uh, they've had a lot of, you know, um, non uh, live likers have said that, you know, live doesn't get any viewers because it's on YouTube, so you know, you're not getting anything. Well, it's not easy for everybody to log on to YouTube and, and check out the golf. So now being a regular network, I think they will definitely grow in their viewer uh, memberships, and um, they sh- they should be doing pretty good, I think, on the golf on the on TV. Yeah, I think I think we'll watch it uh, more and more. I, I, to be honest with you, I think this is common fact that when it's on sort of a, a streaming service and it's a new, a new start startup sort of organization, it was almost like too hard. We're so spoiled these days. Yeah, yeah. It's almost too hard to like. Oh, if it's not on. Um, a regular network television. Yeah. I can't be bothered trying to find it. There's something about trying to watch sport on an iPad or a streaming service as well. It doesn't quite feel the same as watching it on oh, network TV. or the old big TV right, right. in the man cave. But, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, ultimately, uh, Karen was um, very encouraging about 
where the LPJ is and where she's comfortable in her position as a, as a commentator and, of course, where yeah. Jerry is as well. So they're trying to um, – they've got their own challenges with their own separate schedules of creating balance off the course um, mm-hmm. as well as their commentary duties on separate tours. Yeah. The Live Golf Tour um, – going to be starting up soon but of course their little rival being the pga tour the other kids on the block mm. um, they're already three saw, events in i actually saw on uh, well social media today that there is a big announcement that a big player has signed with live and is gonna withdraw from mycoba is that the event Mycoba. yeah that's coming up he's Ooh. already entered that event but he's gonna pull out i don't know who it is, Who would that be? but I'm sure um, maybe one of the, the Xander maybe or Ooh. Justin Thomas or something mm. like that. I don't know, but it was a big, a big one, and it was a huge deal from Live. Well, so we will have to yeah. see how that comes out. We'll watch this space. The PJ Tour yeah. is three events in, and we had another winner. Uh, of course, John in John Drum again. Uh, he loves to win. This guy, all parts yeah. of his game are pretty darn steady. Anything about his game that you thought, looking back at your career, and you see what John does, you think he just did that so much better than you, and you did it really well. But was there anything about his game that you thought Jill would have loved to have been able to do that? Well, I just think his his consistency. He might not, if you look at his technique and his swing. It might not look that great, but it's so consistent. And I think that is the biggest thing with anything in golf. You don't have to have a perfect swing, uh, but as long as you're consistent. And uh, he's got a short, like a short swing. And sometimes you think, how can he hit it so far? But it's just his timing of everything. And then obviously he is a great putter. It must be the Spanish genes that he has Mm. in that he is a really, really good putter. So I wish I would have had been a better putter than I was through my career, but he is, uh, he's is he got everything in his game right now. Yes, and uh, we heard your uh, version of Spanish last week, which was uh, we, which yeah, was French. Yeah, was good, wasn't it? Um, so uh-huh. all things Spanish. If your putting was like Spanish <laughs> and you could speak Spanish, um, be good. <laughs> yeah, we'll be good. But uh, John uh-huh. Rahm, winner on the PGA Tour, that was a quick little wrap around. but uh, uh-huh. why not? We're trying to make it shorter and sharper this year to try and keep viewers um, or listeners um listening longer without tuning out because podcasts can go on and on and on these days and there's a choice of so many. So before we know it, we've now quickly got to our weekly segment, the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah, we have... And um, this week, have you got anything prepared this week? I know you did last week. Yes, uh, I'm two for two in regards to doing absolutely nothing. I've decided uh this this year, um, let's just try and go as far into the year as I can before you absolutely kick me where it hurts (laughs) and say, hey, buddy, uh, how about you start helping in this podcast? (laughs) Well, if you just want to feed off mine, you can. If you don't have anything good, bad and ugly, but that's no problem. I'll tell you what, I'll contribute by saying this. Have you got a good for the good, bad and ugly? (laughs) Of course I have, yeah. So the good is obviously um, John Brown. I'm going to say he's really, really good. But also I have to say that Steve Stricker, Steve Stricker, Stricker. he shot 60 this weekend, um, which is not many players that has done. um, And he has won five out of his last 11 starts. On the Champions Tour. On the Champions Tour, yes. He plays on the Champions Tour now. 
Um, but I think also the cool thing is that he was caddying for his daughter at the LPGA Q school or Q series, as it was called. And I think that's really cool that he's out there, um, you know, supporting his daughter and trying to get her the best that um, he can from his experience, obviously. Uh, and then going out to win all these events himself. It would come as no surprise because he would be in my top uh, two or three guys that I spent time with on the PGA Tour. He is really, really nice guy. In fact, now that you mention that, why have we not got in contact with him to try and uh, help his daughter? <laughs> I've got no idea. Uh, she's probably in very, very good hands, but, of course, Steve can't mm. be there all the time, so maybe Sean no. could. Maybe I've got like, maybe I've got a little something to work on this week. Oh, okay. Um, okay so that was okay. your good. Well done, yes. Steve, uh, yeah. on your victory and your caddying ability. Mm. Have you got a bad, Maria? I do have a bad, and that is the... Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the football game that we went to last week, the first playoff games, and the Bucks played terrible. Tom Brady was not on top form at all. They lost easily against uh, your Cowboys. Correct. Um, but as we, as we do this podcast, Cowboys yeah. have just been knocked out by the 49ers. Yes, they were knocked out. They were actually, um, the Cowboys were not that good last night yes. compared to the 49ers. So I did try to warn you about a football, the NFL versus NHL, and uh, the experience of a NFL game is rather raw in it regards is. to the patrons yeah. that you're surrounded, <laughs> you're surrounded by. There is no etiquette in the football world. And both of us walked away thinking, actually, the tailgate, sort of situation was more up our liking. We kind of liked yeah. the, the barbecues, the TVs. The tailgating um, looked really yeah, cool, actually. I liked that. I didn't really, I didn't, yeah. it didn't, and I think we would both agree that NFL is best seen on TV and you can avoid watching it in a cold, windy stadium, especially the one in Tampa. But, mm. um, yeah, it was a bit of a bad, it was an experience that we had to go and pay the price to understand what it was like. It was Brady's yeah. last game. Yes, well, we think it is. We don't know yet. For Tampa. Yeah, for Tampa anyway, I'm pretty sure. Um, whether he's going to ever play again, I don't know. But he might give it another go. Um, who knows? But it was not his best game, for sure. Uh, it was it was fun to be able to see it and get the experience. But um, I'm not sure I, I would rush back to see it again. No, I think we'll stick down the NHL line for now. Um, as we try and sign off here we've got to finish up with an ugly what was mm. your ugly in the good bad and ugly stakes what's the ugly well i don't know if it's ugly or not but um just what i picked up last week at the um tournament of champions the hilton event that the lpj played um i know that a lot of players and um viewers of the you know of the golfing tours has complained that the live tour is just a party tour. Uh, you know, they play music, they have DJs, they have parties um, at night. Well, not at parties, but they have concerts. Um, and at the LPGA event this weekend, they actually had on the 18th, they had a huge corporate tent and they had a DJ. They played music the whole day and they didn't turn it off when players came through or anything. They just kept on playing it. And also on Saturday night, they had a concert by Ellie Golding and Paris Hilton was there as a DJ. I didn't even know she was mm. the DJ, actually, to be honest. Um, she's done a few little things. But anyway, and 
everybody, I only saw positive comments about this. Like, we should have this all the time and this is really cool and it's such a fun experience. And like, what? so what's the difference? Because it's only live, it's not approved. And then you get it on the regular tour and it is approved. So I just found it interesting. I think it's fun. I think it should be happening. But, you know, when you have complainers and then when they experience it, it's like, oh, it's such a great experience. Well, the LPJ has probably been accused in the past of being sort of a um, a follower. Like they see an idea on the PJ Tour and they follow that idea. Um, it could be anything from, you know, back in the day, the PJ guys did the Golf Boys video, remember that, and the girls tried yeah, to Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems yeah. like they're, they were almost like a step behind with ideas. But I will say on this one, um, I think the PGA Tour are way behind because Liv has come out as this new kid on the block. Um, you know, they're the rock and rollers of the, of the neighborhood and the LPGA, at least they're seeing this. Uh, I felt like when you walked onto the uh, range last week and there was just, just the right, um, amount of music was being played and also the, the volume of it. <laughs> I thought it was regular. I thought on the 18th, I didn't, you did not notice anything different because it was consistent. Yeah, yeah. So I think the LPGA is seeing that this is going to be something that is uh, going to attract more and more to the younger audience. And the old stuffy PGA tour needs to be very careful that they don't get left behind here as modern society demands more that they're not comfortable with. Uh, before you know it, they're going to be the grandfathers with the cardigans and the pipes <laughs> yeah. and the slippers. <laughs> yes. And everybody no, else be. is the rock and rollers. So I think Liv is mm. leading the way in this space. The LPGA rightly is sort of trying to crowbar in on that and I think yeah. they're doing a good yeah. job. Mm-hmm. And the PGA Tour, well, Grandpa's just got some stuff dribbling down his chin, hasn't he, at this stage. <laughs> so we'll see yeah. where that goes. Right, right. Is that your ugly? That is my ugly. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it was an ugly or not, but it was just a little thing that I picked up and I was, um, you know, thought of. Well, it will continue to be ugly if the PGA Tour doesn't uh, look at why Liv is attracting so much more um, so quickly to a startup company. So that yeah. could be the ugly right there. A good, bad and ugly completed. Right. A little round the table tour of what we're trying to do uh, because you put such time restrictions on my life. You say we've got to finish this <laughs> thing in 20 minutes or less and we're now 21 minutes in. I've gone over. I'm now uh, in debt to you for yeah. the rest of the day. Uh-huh. Should we sign yeah. off between now and next week with... Yes, that we should all remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. But also important to remember, we walk the walk. Now let's talk the talk. See you next week.